It's going to be like different every time. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you are listening to the Chug and Chat. We are your hosts, Mo and Liz. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. I know it's just going to get longer and less uh, sensical. <laughs> right. Like by the end of this season, it'll be like a two minute long. Me not ba we wow kind of situation. Uh, <laughs> Empathy and Trump's America. <laughs> oh, which is perfect for what we're kind of going to talk about a little bit today, which is healthcare and access to healthcare and how privilege relates to healthcare and all that good stuff. And this is like a policy issue that is very close to my heart and near and dear. Although it like, I have to admit, like, here's my first true confession. Like it's never an easy thing to be an advocate for just in the sense that like, you know, insurance companies, etc. like make sure that healthcare policy, it just continues to be confusing. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's sometimes it's still really difficult for me to parse you know, all of the information out there about every option and everything that we should have. And, I, you know, just to share this random, like, kind of related anecdote, I did this forum recently at a senior home um, that uh, was about healthcare policy. And they seriously were like, this is all like, and they all like had varying ranges of opinions and backgrounds. Like some were physicians and nurses, some like had no no, no relation to the medical field and we're conservative, but they all were like, this healthcare system is too complex and I'm just, I'm sick of it and I'm sick of trying to figure out a solution. Let's all just go to a single payer universal healthcare, like, fuck it. Let's just wipe it out. Start over. Like, I kid you not, like a range of like people like age 65, like all the way to like in their nineties. And they all were just like, fuck it. Let's just start over. See, I think when people like start to under, start to actually look into healthcare policy, because this is sort of like, you know, where, where, um, where it's easy to keep your head in the sand if you're privileged enough to just have access to healthcare always. Right. So like I myself have just never had to worry about it. Like I had health insurance through my parents and then now I have health insurance through the company that Stuart works for. And it's never like I had like one year of like touch and go sketch insurance and I was lucky enough to have my health that I like didn't even have to use it. I just like paid to go see my gynecologist once. Um, But if you think about like I think everybody when they start to look at how complicated it is does want to scrap it and start over and go to some sort of universal healthcare system because when you really start to think about what benefits everyone just it doesn't matter who you are should have a right to have the easiest system to do that is a single payer system isn't it i mean will you explain what a single payer system is just to start out with just so that i like even know because i'm pretty sure i know but i'm not sure i know i'm gonna just like read the definition just because i think that's better for all all of us involved Single-payer healthcare system is one in which all residents pay the state via taxes and amounts determined by the state to cover core healthcare costs for all residents regardless of income, occupation, or health status, rather than select individuals buying from private insurers with varying healthcare coverage, yada yada, basically what we have now. See, like, what's the problem with that? 
Like, why don't we have? I mean, like, I, I like, know why. Well, we I don't want to give my hard-earned money to and pay for somebody else's health care. Is like basically like how is what how people feel about it. But so, at the same time, so you're you doing that had... anyway, right? Like, it, you're you're doing that anyway. Like, you're paying your premiums, however high they may be. And you only pay a premium because it has to cover the people who are actually using the insurance. So they need healthy people to be paying premiums in order for there to be enough money to cover people who are sick and actually use the insurance that they may have been paying for for the last 30 years or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I obviously like 100% agree <laughs> that we should I just, have like, a don't get it. system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, really... I honestly don't get what the difference is there between what we're currently doing other than there's, there, it's, it's not a privatized market. And I guess, like, because the insurance industry is a privatized market, it's sort of, it's sort of a, it points to, you know, more reasons why we're a capitalist society. Like, there's free market, everybody should be able to sort it out and pick their own stuff. And, and so... Is that just where this whole, like, healthcare debacle even came from? And now everybody freaked out with Obamacare coming. All the conservatives that were like, no, the market should sort it out on its own are do now. Wanna, do you want to hear, like, a crazy fact that like, yes. I only learned um, running this forum, this healthcare forum? Um, which, by the way, I, like, get these amazing issues guides that have tons of, like, up-to-date research on them from the National Issues Forums Institute. Ooh. And that's, like... These issues guides are what guide the framework of the discussion, which is really interesting. Oh, that's but, really cool. So it's like credible source is basically what I'm saying. But something that I didn't even realize is that we spend more on our healthcare system than we do on um, our defense. Like, really it's like more i would than not one have third of our budget wow <laughs> yeah. i would not have thought that and is that is that under like is that under um so this is recent as of like obamacare yeah well yeah and i think like you know i mean i think that's why what people are worried about like and it sucks because a lot of it is that like you know obama had to make so many sacrifices to his mm -hmm. original plan and probably didn't come in as aggressive as some people would have liked as is that like yeah i mean it's like definitely a flawed system you know and it's like there's tons of other you know countries that have universal health care that are definitely not spending a third of their federal budget right you know on health care so i you know i just found that really interesting because i was like wow i didn't really realize didn't that is really, really interesting that. and and I think, like, and I don't, I don't know, but if I had to venture a guess as to why it is so expensive, it's, it's because, A, our insurance, um, you know, like, a, medical pricing's not regulated. For, I mean, it's regulated, but not nearly as much as it is anywhere else. I just listened to this, um, to this interview with Elizabeth Warren on, on um, Pod Save America, and she's working on a bill that would, and she and many others are working on a bill that would allow us to import drugs from Canada because they're like a tenth of the price of what we're buying now. So if you think about, if your insurance has to buy, I don't know, um, I mean, this is like a bad example, but like medication for diabetes or something like something that's a, you know, a, an illness that you're going to have, you know, a person will have for a very long time or the rest of their life or what have you. And, and they're going to have to take these pills for many, many years. If we're paying 10 times as much for that medication, then that's a real quick way to to add to that large, 
you know, so it's like when you start really looking at it, how many different pieces of, of healthcare and the healthcare system as a whole really do need to be reevaluated, and and then you know, it's it's just all about all these companies having gone unsupervised and are able now to make so much money, profiting off of people being sick. Yeah, I mean, the pharmaceutical industry is like definitely a huge terrorizing <laughs> element. Just of the really horrible. System. So are a lot of private insurance companies, you know, I mean, just in general, like we don't have a very transparent healthcare system. Like, right. Like it's confusing a lot of the time to go to a doctor, especially if like some, there's something like even relatively obscure (laughs) wrong with you. Um, And in fact, like also, even if you had like a menu of choices of like, you know, the services or treatments you could Mm -hmm. possibly have, that might be overwhelming as well. Like a lot of people don't have like advocates with them in the healthcare system to help them navigate something that's like incredibly complex. You know, another example of how much we spend is we spend a ridiculous amount of our money on services that are used for people that are basically end of life. And like, if, if we had better, like we as us, like are so avoidant about the topic of death that instead of like having more conversations about like how to have like the, like, painless as possible end of life experience and like surrounded by any loved ones you may have and that kind of thing like right instead it's like here like we can hook you up to this thing and that costs like a bajillion dollars but it might extend like you sort of living for like a couple months or you know right there's so much of that that we're spent you know there's like nobody's focusing on like the areas where we could cut spending if we're not just going to go to a universal healthcare system, which would be my vote, obviously. But and also <laughs> so just annoying. be more compassionate. It's like you know everything has been the human qual, all of the human qualities and and empathy in Trump's fucking America. You know, I mean, it's all of those sorts of things have been stripped of all of this, and you. Bum. Okay, sorry. The yeah, next week, you know what? Our like our <laughs> opening song should have been like ba da ba 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 da da ba. True confessions. True confessions. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh creepy. Mm, yeah, mm, that's tasty. Mm. Um, mm, but but. <laughs> all right, what were we talking about? I forgot. We were just now we started making weird noises at each other. Um, <laughs> But I mean, they like what got me thinking about this and and why, like one of the reasons why we started talking about about this in particular, but also, I mean, we've talked about healthcare policy between the two of us several times and and it when when the CBO score came out, I was just like, what? So for for everybody who doesn't know, I'm sure most of you do know, but I'll repeat it anyway. The Congressional Budget Office um, submitted their or released their report on if the if Trump care as it stands after having passed the House were to stay exactly like this, um, isn't it? It's like 23 million people will lose their insurance by 2023, I think. 2026. I think. 2026. Yeah. So it's an unbelievable amount of cuts to the to insurance in the insurance market, and then and and because of that score and because things are so up in the air, there are many. Um, Many of the companies that are supplying smaller individual plans and things like that um, under Obamacare are starting to freak out because of the uncertainty of the market. And should 
this should should Trump care pass as is it won't but should it pass as is it would God, um I hope not. let's I like, take a moment to knock on wood for that God no one. kidding so much knock wood. on fucking all all <laughs> of the wood your boners all the boners out there all of the wood um but should it pass it you know as it is stands that what you right scream now at your husband Morgan? yeah <laughs> give me wood. give me all of the wood Oh my god, that would be so terrifying <laughs> to like wake him up in the middle of the night. Maybe I'll do that and take a video of it. Just scare the shit out of him. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so immature, but that just really made me laugh a whole lot. Anyways, jeez, Liz. Liz just wants to talk about boners today. No, we just have to have, like, I'm so sorry. And maybe this is like <laughs> my privilege. It's just more like I just get so, like, I don't know what makes me more depressed is like, ultimate doom of climate change issues or healthcare policy so it's like i guess i have to just like geek out for moments in between just to like maintain a level of sanity (laughs) well if you think about it if the climate you know i mean if if our our world incinerates we won't need healthcare. so i know but it's gonna make us all sick as fuck first right right we need more health care now yeah. you know, than we'll than we ever more. have. And we'll continue to need it, especially with our aging population. I mean, we have a huge section of our population that are baby boomers that are just now getting ready to retire and are going to want to be on Medicare yeah. and or even Medicaid. And it's like, you know, I mean, we have to we have to have a system in place. But what I was saying is that a lot of the like um, the, you know, for instance, the company that I got my when I just had my individual insurance um, for the period between being 26 and getting married, um, you know, a lot of those companies are going to stop providing those plans before Obamacare is even out the door, potentially, because there's so much uncertainty in, in the market and they have to set their premiums and know that they have the funding to cover all of the things that they're supposed to cover well before, um, you know, because you get insurance for six months or you get it for a year or whatever. So they have to anticipate what the market's going to do before that. And so there's a huge threat right now of just major meltdown in the insurance industry that there's you know that all of these companies that are able right now because of the subsidies provided by Obamacare um, that are able to offer more affordable even though sometimes they're still not affordable enough um, affordable plans are just going to be gone so in effect we'll have we could potentially have a universal mandate that requires everybody to have insurance but there's no insurance out there for them to even buy and then what Oh my fucking god! That you know, like so fucking then what? And yeah, that's like when what? when I started learning about all of this, like I I just sort of had to have this moment of like, like more your privilege is showing because I had I I had no idea what any of this was. It was like I like barely learned what a deductible and premium fucking meant when I was like twenty, you know, because I was lucky enough to have have healthcare when I was young. I had dental care when I was young. I had you know, all of these access to just anything I needed and always had insurance. Um, I had, I got in a car accident. Um, it'll be, God, almost three years ago now. And a rollover car accident and I was in the hospital and it was an $18,000 bill and I wasn't even hurt. And my insurance paid for it because I had insurance. Right. So, you know, it's crazy to me to think about how people who are standing in my shoes would go, well, like, whatever, I just don't really care about this. They could think that, like, they have the luxury of not even knowing that all of this stuff is going on. But I think, like, it makes me really happy to hear that, like, and I'm not, 
Like, I will check my own privilege in a second here, too. But I can, like, even just the tiniest, tiniest bit relate because I've only just sort of touched the systems. But I think that it's, like, it starts with, like, more people who ha- who don't necessarily have to worry about the policy. And right. And, um, saying, essentially, like, I will not stand for this and doing something about it. Because I've worried for a long time, like, that people are not going to understand unless they've, like, in some way experienced it themselves. And it's really... Sure. It makes me really happy to hear that that's not necessarily the case. And, I, and I'll and i share, like, I only, again, have a really small experience. Like, there have been very small amounts of times where I've had gaps in coverage, like, after I was 26 and couldn't be on my parents' health insurance, which was a benefit under the Obama presidency as well, mm-hmm. being able to stay on their insurance until you were 26. I did that. Um, and then just like two, like very minor gaps in employment, essentially, I guess is when I, or like one time I was contracting. So it's like, I was still fortunate enough to have work, but I had to, you know, pay for my own health insurance. I did access, um, Obamacare at that time. And at least that was online. Like as much as there were like plenty of kinks with the online system, like it was relatively easy to navigate. And I also like helped a lot of youth navigate it at libraries and stuff like that so that that's one thing but then when I moved to California and I was looking for work I had a brief gap in employment and it meant that I got auto enrolled in Medica uh, mm-hmm. in Medi-Cal out here uh-huh and I have to admit like it's you get paper letters which is good I suppose like not everybody is digital but like there's a trillion languages on it. It's really confusing. You get hundreds of them in the mail. I don't get who I'm supposed to contact to be like, yo, I have health insurance now. Like, you know, help help a sister out, you know? Right. Like, so I'm like even and, and like just even me who's like very privileged and was totally fine and had plenty of support, like wasn't going to end up on the streets, like still like felt very much in, in identity crisis and very vulnerable during my time of unemployment. So again, on a very small level, I wasn't thinking straight. And then to top it off, the systems are very confusing. So on a very minimal level, I feel like I can understand, but it's just like, the fact that we expect people who are basically like in crisis a lot of the time to navigate these systems with no support is just like the most ridiculous thing on the face of this planet. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, my my mom um, has really good insurance and she went through cancer treatment last year. And she, I mean, when, when someone, which is, a, you know, far too common that people are going through, you know, treatment for cancer and she like they're explaining to her all of these things that her coverage like in the same meeting that they told her she had cancer and so she left and she was like what like she didn't remember a damn thing and i am Uh, so blessed to have the (laughs) mother-in-law i know yeah i'm so blessed to have the mother-in-law that i do she's a cancer research nurse um in the same city that my mom lives in and she was just like cool so i'm gonna do the whole thing i'm just gonna i'm gonna tell you who you need to go see i'm gonna tell you like in what order you need to do things and all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and she was an absolute godsend. But if, if we didn't have, even if we didn't have that, it's like even in urgent circumstances, there are very little resources for people even who, and like my mom, you know, my mom is a, is a higher educated woman, right? So she can kind of seek out some of that stuff. She speaks English. Um, if she wasn't and she didn't, I mean, where would you even start? Yeah. 
it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable when you start to think about the things that like we have taken for granted so much, even just being English speaking, you know, white people. Well, that makes me feel like lucky to live in such a diverse place. You know, it's like, right. Like it's very different living in the Bay area where there are so many people that speak a million different languages. Right. A lot of, a lot of the, hospitals um etc here are multilingual so in that sense i feel like we're really fortunate and speaking of single-payer healthcare systems we're one step closer to having that ourselves in california i don't know if you heard about that but no that's kind of exciting yeah so basically like a single-payer healthcare plan advanced in the california senate like it's it's like super bare bones like we don't as a state, like, at this point, even have the money to pay for all of it, I think, which, yeah. uh, you know, is one thing. Um, it goes to the state assembly for consideration next, and, like, you know, I think that's kind of at the point where it would be, like, further flushed out, but, um, you know, I mean, it's interesting because, like, I don't know, it's, like, uh, I think that's in some ways a good thing because they're, like, taking a stand for single-payer, but, like, you know, even... Um, Governor Jerry Brown, like, kind of has his hesitations, and I wonder if it's just because it's not, like, really well thought out, and they don't want, like, another repeat of something like Obamacare, or, like, what the intent is exactly, but it's certainly been interesting, like, starting to read about, but, but still, I mean, I still feel really lucky, it's like, I I live almost in this bubble, in some senses, like, I don't, but, like, you know, just in the sense that, like, it's such a progressive state and I live in such a progressive city that it's, I feel fortunate that there are things being passed here that are sort of like the antithesis of the Trump administration. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think really that's what it's coming down to under this administration, right? So, I mean, we saw that we're seeing the same thing, you know, happening with the Paris Accords, that if, you know, if, if we want to make a stand and to take care of our own people, we have to do it at the state level. Um, cause the federal government is not watching out for us. They're just not watching out for us right now. And if, I mean, the more you read about things like healthcare, it's just, it's very, it's very concerning and it's very scary and it's very sad. And it's like, it's just this, like, I don't know. I mean, you can't think about the people who are being insured by these subsidies and their healthcare being covered by these subsidies as faceless. You just can't. They're not numbers, you know, they're human beings and they're, um, you know, I mean, they, they deserve the same things that, that we deserve without ever having to even think about it. Um, and they have to fight like hell to like get a fucking inhaler. It's like ridiculous. We had, we had brunch with one of uh, the guys that Stu works with yesterday and, and, um, they're good friends and, and his wife. And we were starting to kind of talk a little bit about this. Um, and he was saying that, he has two inhalers for his asthma and they, they cost like, he was saying that one is covered by the state. Like he doesn't have to pay for any of it. And the other one costs like $15 a month or something like that. And, um, his mom is on the same one and she pays like a couple hundred dollars a month or something. I don't think it's that much, but it was, yeah. I mean, it was like, she's old. Yeah, I mean, basically because she's, he has Blue Cross Blue Shield through Intel, and we have really good insurance through Intel, and she's on, you know, Care Oregon or Medicare or, you know, one of the, one of the more, um, like, federal or state-funded plans, and, and so she has to pay three times as much, and it's like, why is that? 
Like, and you can't tell me that they're buying that medication for any different of a price. Right. I know. That's what the fuck. So, like, I think there are so many other ways, like, the ways that that we can solve some of these problems, in my own opinion, because honestly, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I'm just kind of getting my feet wet on this healthcare thing. It's hard, y'all. It's hard. It is hard. It's It's hard. It's so Um, hard. If there are any healthcare policy experts out there who are willing to be interviewed, please. For a Feminist Friday interview session. Please, we would love to hear from you. Um, (laughs) And we promise we won't sing to you. Oh, wait, we probably, I don't know. We we did an interview today, you guys, and we didn't sing during it. It was a big deal. Oh, that's true. We didn't. We didn't. We were super profesh. We didn't sing. I know, That's I why know. We have to sing now. <laughs> so that just means we have to sing now. Yeah. That means we have to sing now. Sing, sing now. now. That was, wow. Same brain, same Where brain. Where is the wood? Show me the wood. <laughs> <laughs> Into the woods. Into the woods. Do, 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 do. That's what that reminded me of. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. No yeah. one's gonna hurt you. Not while I'm around. <laughs> this is really off key. <laughs> oh, you guys. I can't. It's just, uh uh, so I mean I, I guess like the whole the whole like message of this true confessions is that until this point I have had abundant access to healthcare and have had no and even at this point I have no personally interested need to know what's going on here with our healthcare system and w- with and I have to say that, like, if we, if, if Hillary Clinton were president and something similar was going on, although it wouldn't be because she's not a monster, but, you know, if, if something like, I, I don't know that I would be paying any attention to it. So for that, I am thankful. Yeah, for, that's a good you know, way of looking at it. You know, for, and as, you know, someone who plans to be a mother, I mean, yeah. I would imagine that you'd want to be more involved at that point, too, because it will become personally relevant, because I would say that, you know, there's a lot of work to be done in that area of the healthcare system as well. Oh, absolutely. And if you're thinking of, like, essential health benefits, or I don't know, I mean, you're thinking of some of those other things that include maternity care, that include um, prenatal care, Um, you know, and that's another thing, too, like, I'm, I'm privileged enough that our insurance will, it just covers things. It, like, it, when you get that insurance... And you get married, they send you a little thing that says, this is how much it costs you to have a baby. And you're like, oh, great. Like, they send you, like, a little thing, and it breaks down exactly how much you will have to pay out of pocket for a baby. And then what they will cover. I know. We looked, we looked at it, and we were like, oh, God. Like, we have to save up to buy a baby. Got to save up to get that baby. But, you know, I mean. but I Yeah. Ugh, no. But to think. <laughs> but uh but to think about it that way it's yeah I mean I, and maybe that is sort of why I'm becoming a little bit more aware of it you know I, not only like this this um, like um impending motherhood thing uh, juxtaposed on you know thing thing um in juxtaposition with what's going on with people you know what what if I was if I was if, uh, if we were like a, a middle-income family that was looking into doing the same thing where would you even start you know what if i was 21 and single and pregnant right now or you know i mean when you start kind of putting 
yourself into the shoes of other people and 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 then reading this news it's like it's just unacceptable and we have or to even we have like, to do what better. about all of the young women it was something i read a statistic the other day that was something like it was over 20 percent or something of women who right after trump got elected like all went and got like different forms of you know longer enduring birth control yeah everybody methods. got iud's yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, I mean, it's scary because it's like we don't want to operate in fear, but it's like we obviously have to get actively involved to make sure that we're like not literally like affecting millions of people, <laughs> as is the point. Um, I read this article um, by Andy Slavitt in the Washington Post that was talking about, you know, Trump imposing just like sort of in line with what you're we talking about earlier, like Trump imposing um, a tax increase on middle income families mm-hmm. that basically like causes all of this like disarray um like disrupting the affordable care act exchanges um specifically like so that people are like oh my god and democrats agree to proposals in trump's budget and in the house health care bill that would end up taking coverage away from millions of people like he it's just like it was really frustrating and really annoying and i highly recommend reading more about it but he did end the article with this like really sort of like I don't know if this is like it just made me angrier and made me want to fight or like yeah it's really well written but can I read it yeah please okay cool so he said with the CBO score of the house health care bill out it's now time for senators to cry foul foul on a secretive process foul on a bill that hurts millions of people Foul on ripping apart Medicaid coverage for kids, seniors, and people with disabilities, and foul on taking away substance abuse treatment and mental health care for millions of people who need it. For a bill that could impact the course of Americans for generations to come, this is no time to voice concerns or discuss challenges, and it's no time to act as a ratifying body for a president who doesn't have the best interests of its constituents in mind. The only way to alter the self-fulfilling, destructive course that Trump has set on on is for senators to publicly say that they will never vote for a bill that robs people of coverage and to tell the administration to undo the Trump tax, stop the antics that are driving instability in the exchanges, and do the real work of improving Americans' access to high-quality health care. Wow. Boom. Oh, what like, a great! That's pissed. great. Well, yeah, and I, I think yeah. I think we're starting to see people start to starting now to figure out what's going on with these town halls that have been happening. And these are not like super recent, but like the you know most recent town halls of the last few months. Um, you know, the, like people are getting out there and they are voicing, and that's so important. And what yeah. worries me the most is that. Like, I think of how many of the people who voted for Trump, who are living in the Rust Belt, who are um, living in Detroit, who are who don't have um, who are fighting for work. Right. Like they've seen their cities be at the top and then they've seen them crumble to the bottom with with, you know, with automation, with other things. And those people are on federal assistance. I mean, not all of them, of course, but uh, several of them are. And they're still fighting for this monster who is going to take their health care away. Yeah. And they're getting older and they're going to need it. Not to mention the government gets sick, like basically single payer health care. Yeah. Amazing health care. Like, yep. Fuck you hypocrites. Right. <laughs> like, so, but like what worries me is that to get those people on board, 
they're going to have to lose their health insurance before they go, oh, you know, before they go, oh, shit, that's what they were talking about? Oh, yeah, no, I don't want that. Give me back the other system. Yeah, maybe. And what worries me the most is that bridging that gap is going to take a meltdown of the insurance industry before that happens. And that's what we, it's like, it's, it's a really interesting thing to think about. Like, do we let that happen? Can we let that happen in order for the masses to truly understand the implications of this bill and what he's doing and what he wants to do to our country? Or can we not afford to let that happen? I think we like because will I, we, we never have get to it back? Awareness. We have yeah. to bring so much awareness to this because again, it's like he's trying to create confusion, and it's like people are also saying that like pulling out of the Paris Accord is like a similar kind of like that's like sort of like a distractor because like probably yep. the U.S. is going to like figure it out and find a way to pay the money for it. You know, and it's like, it's like with this, like with this tax I was saying, it's like 19% more of premiums are going to be added on top of the cost of policies purchased through the individual market health insurance exchanges, Wow, which like basically means like not committing to continue to reimburse billions of dollars of cost sharing payments owed to insurers. And the money is not paid to the government. It's paid to the insurance companies. (laughs) So... It's yeah. just, you know, I mean, like everybody out there, start reading up on what your healthcare is, where you get it. Um, start reading up on the on the benefits that you have right now that you can take advantage of, like getting an IUD, um, you know, any of those sorts of things that could, that could potentially get you set on the right track for the next coming years in case this kind of shit does happen. You know, I mean, get out there Run and talk office. to people about it. <laughs> Run for fucking, uh, move to all of the swing districts, all of them. Just move, move to the swing districts. Take one for the team. Take <laughs> one for the team. Actually, like, don't, because they probably aren't fun to live in. But No, do. Please do. Yeah, I mean, do team. just for long enough. Just, just for long it. enough. Just come on. Do it. Do it. And, and do we, it. we do need it. to be do doing it. all of the things <laughs> that, like, oh, my God, do you know what that reminds me of? the That scene in the new the newer Starsky and Hutch where he's like, a Bacardi and Cola, do it. <laughs> do it. And he says, do it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where he says, do it, like, 400 times? That just yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I can just envision you with like Do big it. 70s sunglasses on and like a big stash, like a big you mustache. Know you know I'd have a big old stash. You would. You would totally have a big old stash. Ew. And I'd have okay, like sorry, long blonde hair with like a braided necklace or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd wear like leather pants and pointy boots if I was a Uh-oh. 70s man. My God. Okay. So I'm just going to say like I feel like healthcare is possibly the most important issue to like get involved in and have your voice heard on right now so like do it do it do it do it do it yeah do and and share with us how you are doing it you know how you are getting out there and you are making yourself heard and and let's keep working from afar from you know from in within our communities and keep working on supporting getting some of these assholes out of office in 2018 they can't pass it and they can't do you know they like they more than likely what they will do is shove it off till after the election if they might have to um if like we have if you if you notice we haven't heard a whole lot about it and most of these people are on the campaign trail so they have to figure out whether or not it's worth it to them 
to pass something that takes away health care for millions of people that are who are their constituents. And we're going to tell them it's not worth it. It's not. Yep. 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 And keep yep. watching out for all of those special elections, you guys. I mean, get involved when you can there and try to flip some of those seats before we even get to 2018. Every seat counts. Every fucking seat counts. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, guys. And then tune in on Feminist Fridays for our interview episodes. What do we have this Friday? What do we have this Friday? We have my dearest friendy friend, Caitlin Acey, um, who is a burlesque performer in Chicago. Um, She's fantastic. We talk about Jessica Valenti's memoir, Sex Object. Um, I know we've said this like a zillion times, but if you haven't read it, get it, boo, read it now, because it's such a good book. It's amazing. Say it loud. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Do it. All right. (laughs) All right. With that, we got to go, because I'm just going to keep saying do it. True Confessions. True Confessions. Wait, we forgot. We forgot to come with a new True Confessions uh, song this time. Oh, crap. I did. I thought of one when I was like drunk on Wednesday night. I thought of one and I wrote myself a note and I didn't remember what it meant on Thursday. Oh, no. What's that sad? What's that sad? It says True True Confessions Lion King. Okay, so that could only be a number of things. I mean, like, true confessions, what a wonderful phrase. I don't know. Like, what was I thinking? Can you feel true confessions tonight? Like, what what was I, where was I going with it? Oh, I just can't wait for true confessions. (laughs) That's That's the best one. That's That's no, that's it. That's exactly (laughs) it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. True confessions. Liz and Mo will talk about them. Oh, maybe it was that. She may not confessions. (laughs) They may not stop doing that now before we we get real offensive. You guys, we have to go. It's time. It's time. All right. We love you. Bye. Bye.